A chippy from 25. On the way. And splits the uprights like he's been doing it all night. Love to see it, though. Love to see it. 16-14, Tennessee with 17 seconds left. And the Broncos having all three timeouts. Yeah, you feel good for, for Goskowski. That's a tough way to come to a new team. Uh, but I, you, you saw the approach there from Mike Vrabel. He wanted to win that game with that yeah. fade route. And the worst case scenario for Mike Vrabel was we were going to... Welcome back. Ball. It's the Transatlantic Titans podcast. And we have some football to talk about. It seems like it's been forever, although every offseason is like this. Um, welcome. I'm Adam. I've got Greg and... Neil with me this evening. Hello. Good evening. Good evening. We should be we should be both chipper, I guess. Yeah. Rel- um, relatively. Yeah, relatively chipper. It's uh it's been a long day, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, <laughs> been been awake since about half past two AM and it's now twenty to eight in the evening, so it's yeah, it's been a long, long day. Yeah, Neil, I've been on, you, uh, you're used to working nights though, so you, Yeah, I've been on nights little... this week, so um my body clock's fine, but I've got a dilemma at end of week. It's, it's my missus's 40th, and I've had to like double back off a night shift onto an after so I can get up on the morning when she's 40. So I'll uh, I'll probably be feeling some of you guys' pain uh, come <laughs> the end of this week. Oh, well, make sure make sure you spoil her to make up more for than fact likely uh, su- Sunday tea time when we kick off against Jacksonville. I'll be nodding off. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll we'll come to that. We're going we're going to look ahead, obviously, to week two. Um, we've got uh, Patrick Jackson, who's going to join us later, um, to look at our next game from a from a Jags perspective. Um, don't let that put you off. Um, we're we're certainly going to bring you some bias uh, before that. But ahead of that, what a well, what a start in in Denver that that the Titans had. I mean. The scorecard, scorecard. This isn't cricket, is it? What, what are we? What are we talking about? Um, the what's the word? Game score. Box score. Box score. That's thank you. Um, that down will Chel- say down at Chelmsford. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh dear, this is going well. Sixteen fourteen to the Titans. Um, yeah, it could have been twenty six fourteen and been a very different game. Let's let's start there. Well, let's start at the end with the, the game winner from, from Stephen Goskowski. It was set up for that, um, having had three, well, missed three kicks, including the extra point, and had a fourth one blocked. Not his best game, but wow, what a way to finish it. Not his best game. I've actually, I'm pretty sure I read some, some bits on Twitter to say that I don't think he's ever missed three in a game. Um, he went from, I think, fifth, fifth overall uh, or fifth best overall kicker in the history of the NFL, down to ninth in one night. Um, yeah, it wasn't wasn't a good night at the office. And and actually, uh, I was I was really angry last night, and I was very much on the yeah, just cut him, get rid of him, let's move on, let's let's go and see what Cody Park is up to or something like that. But um, I actually listened back to, to his interview um, on I think it's on Twitter um, over Zoom, and. You kind of did feel for him at the end, and he was he was as honest as as he could be. He didn't sugarcoat anything. He pretty much came out and said all of it was on me. Um, and I was I'm actually I was actually relieved, obviously not only for us to win the game that he could he knocked it through at the end, but uh, 
going into that last drive, I had absolutely, I was just praying to God that we that we would just get the touchdown and that we wouldn't have to to actually see another field goal attempt. But even even Goskowski, after three misses, I mean, two of them were definitely on him. Um, the 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 block, I'm, I wouldn't put down necessarily as his fault, but the extra point was definitely his fault. Um, you can't really leave seven points, ten points technically, but seven at his feet. Um, you can't leave him on the table. It's, it was it unfolded in a weird way, I thought, because he he missed the first one right, and then then I think the next kick that he well didn't make was blocked, which was just on half time, and I don't think yeah that they they got through. Um, that that wasn't on him. It wasn't one of those. It was hit low. It was just well, you couldn't you couldn't even tell. Um, so once that happened, Titans Twitter's obviously blowing up. Um, everyone's laying laying into him um, because because he's missed two kicks, even though he's kind of missed one at the time. So I'm in my head and publicly defending him to a point because you can you can forgive one, and then then when he missed that kick in I think the third quarter which went wide left yeah maybe it's an auto correction you think well this is this is then in his head and yeah then then there's the the extra point I mean it's a weird art to being a kicker I guess it's must be all about rhythm and you look at Justin Tucker who you know he the uprights could be three feet apart and he'd nail every single kick from 60 yards um yeah, obviously we had we've we've been blessed. We've said this before. Del Greco, Barona's suck up, um, yeah. Other than suck ups last year with his injury, obviously, yeah. We, we've been lucky. We're not used to this, so we've, it's weird that we've been so unlucky for a year and a bit. And we've 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 signed Guskowski. Um, Patriots fans and Denver fans will remember him missing an extra point in the AFC Championship game two or three years ago in Mile High. Um, so wh- whether that was in his head at the same venue, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the answer is. I mean, the f- on the face of it, if you've got no confidence in your kicker, um, what what else do you do? There's there's always someone else, the next cab off the rank. Um, Frank, who who we we know, um, who's you know a bit, a bit of a CFL fan these days, suggested that there isn't a CFL this year. There are plenty of competent kickers north of the border who are looking for work at the moment. Quite a nice idea, I thought. But yeah, there, there must be somebody. But you know, if it's, how do you know if it's just a, a week one bit of weirdness or if this is, this is somebody who's got the yips and can't do it anymore? Neil, what would you do? Ah, uh, you I, thought, I kind of agree with uh, Greg about uh, his interview after the game. It sort of come across kind of like a winner's mentality, which I think comes from obviously the, the environment has been in for a long time. I'll <laughs> yeah. tell you what, you know, massively disappointed with himself and uh, laid no blame on any other type of variable other than the fact that it, it, it weren't himself and he missed those kicks. But I didn't think his leg looked dead uh, by any means. Um, I just think it was it were 100% a mental thing. Um, and I'm not sure whether we can afford another game like that or whether we should pull the trigger and at least look at a couple of kickers but I don't know it's, sort of his interview after the game sort of made me think that his, his head was in the right space if you get what I mean I don't, yeah I don't, I don't know where I honestly don't know where you go from here I mean before he hit the game winner you know I'm, I'm assuming he's he's getting sacked in the morning 
even after hitting the game winner, I kind of think think that maybe he might be. Um, but did did that game winner itself? Okay, it's only it's shorter than an extra point, I think, or similar to an extra point. It didn't half hit that well. Yeah, that's what that... I, I, I don't think his his leg looked particularly dead. I think yeah, but he wasn't away. Well, thing... He didn't miss him short, did he? Anything? No, I think the whole thing was mental. Um, it definitely could see in his demeanour, is is the taking taking his shoes off and the pretty much grey expression on his face that he got inside his own head. Uh, whether he can get that out of his system in in a short week, uh, I'm not sure. The the one thing I, I I picked up on, I think it was I think it was Brett Kern in an interview the other week, um, said having having no no crowd is is actually the hardest thing is for for kickers and punters because of of depth perception and they they're so used to to kind of seeing you know the crowd in the stadium and and I'm not I'm not going to give this as an excuse to Goskowski I mean you look at my Twitter I was pretty much calling for his head last night so I'd be massively contradictory if I if I did but and and I don't know what they're going to do I think the one thing that he does have is obviously a connection with Rabel uh, has worked obviously with Rabel previously as as a teammate as much as anything. Um, he's not. It's not like a Greg Joseph situation. He who came in to plug a gap, and as soon as someone in their eyes better came along, uh, he was out the door without really doing much wrong. Um, it's a similar situation to, to Cairo Santos, but it's not Cairo Santos. It's 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 a guy who has been the top of his game pretty much all his career. And yeah, I agree. You now I don't think his, his leg actually did look that bad. I just think he it was a, a bit of his head and B just just couldn't quite get. The direction. I mean, and none none of them were short. You know, obviously, the one blocked. I don't think you can put on him. I think it was Saffold and possibly Brinkley who were a little bit to blame for 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 letting them come through. But yeah, I, I'm I'm I was expecting it to have already happened by now. I think uh, I know it's a, was it one one p.m. now in the in Nashville. I was I was kind of expecting it to to probably if he's going to get cut. I'd imagine it would have happened possibly by now, but they might be coming, trying out some other kickers. They've got, uh, is it Tucker McCann still on the practice squad? Um, you know, so that there's, there might be options. They're just waiting to see what the best way around doing it is. But um, yeah, I, I, I kind of originally last night, I was pretty angry with him towards at the end on he obviously to kick through the winner, even though it was 22, 25 yards. Yeah. That, that did take some balls to, to, to knock that through, even if it was pretty much, you know, any kicker in the world should really be knocking it through. After you've missed three and your confidence is shot, uh, it, it took some balls. Yeah, and he's, he's kind of doing, like, uncharacteristic, strange things on sideline, like like taking his shoes off. And, uh, <laughs> you, you could tell, obviously, that he's, he were in bits. It was That's bad actually... body language, wasn't it? But yeah, it, yeah, he, really. Will Compton gave him a hug, and that yep. seemed to sort him out. But you saw yeah. Malcolm Butler as well. I think Malcolm Butler went and, and, and had a word and you can just see and that's actually something that you know hate his connection there again. Yeah. yeah. But kickers kickers don't have the biggest amount of respect in, in the game. You know, they they a lot of uh, I think it was watching. I, I find not... that ludicrous, by the way. They're they... vital. A lot of a lot of footballers, a lot of the, you know, defensive and offensive players see it as, you know, we do the hard work and you just need to, to just do your job and knock it through, easy done. Um but it's so not easily done, is it? Clearly not. This. <laughs> clearly not. But in the eyes of, you know, those players, I think there's a lot a lot, not all, but a lot of people who don't necessarily have the respect for kickers. But yeah, it was good to see Compton uh, you know, stepping up, Malcolm Butler so I'm, I'm sure there was others as well, which is which is good because that's kind of what you want to see in, in a situation like that. 
I mean, anyone new to this podcast, you know, particularly if you're listening from America and you've discovered this, yes, we are a British Tennessee Titans podcast and we have just spent the first 10 minutes of this episode talking about kickers. So every stereotype <laughs> covered there, I think. Um, but Kickers matter. Kickers do, do matter. Um, yeah, it was kind of a, a, big, <laughs> a big story about the game. Um, I mean, had it... Yes, it would have been a very different game had... Guskowski been nailing those kicks and it's hard you can't just say it would have been 26-14 because the Broncos would have played it differently from behind and the Titans would have I was going to say given the ball to Derek Henry a bit more you know he obviously had plenty plenty of it and it probably wouldn't have played out in the same way but you feel it would have been a comfortable win and a bit rusty probably in parts but other than you take the kicking nonsense away, and the Titans significantly the better team, I thought. Yeah, I think uh, we've got uh, into a winning habit, which is a nice thing. As far as like early last season, these like tight games, especially I'm thinking like Buffalo and Denver last year, where they were in the balance and we always came out on the wrong end. Uh, and I'm hoping like that that's changed and we've kind of the playoff runs kind of brought a winning mentality and we're by whatever means necessary it doesn't have to be pretty but um we aren't left as we're, we're not going to leave ourselves in a hole at the beginning of this season hopefully yeah it felt like it was the team managed to get it done despite all the the ridiculous things that were happening i mean there's there's some other stuff and nothing that out of the ordinary luan missed a couple of series and um, he touched wood came back okay uh, we had early in the game Rashawn Evans with a moment of idiocy. Um, he got ejected. I don't actually think, you know, as as important a player as he is, Will Compton coming in, I didn't think actually hurt us too much as it turned out. Um, but the optics weren't good. What well, what did you what did you make of the the slap? Should we call it? It's just a, a moment of of madness, really. What was it? First quarter, early in the game. You know, you just need to control your head, and and and, and he just he just lost it. I, mean, I don't think it was as bad as as uh, first time I saw it. I thought no, that's a punch, and then I looked at it again. I thought oh, that's more of a slap. But it's just don't. But he can't give, complain about what just happened. Don't though, give can the he? referee a decision. Just don't give them the decision. Like you, you see it all the time, and and you know players will try and wind other players up, and uh, it's just part of the game. And and to react to it in the way that he did was was just complete idiocy. And Something that we've not seen from him previously. He's generally been quite level-headed and calm in games. So I don't think I've ever seen him lose it like that. Um, and it could have hurt us. I mean, I think Compton came in and, and did a pretty stellar job. Um, so it wasn't like it was really recognised in the end. But on, on another day, that could have come back to hurt us. And, and to, to in the first quarter, to go and do that and, and put your team in a position where you know someone like Compton's then got to go and step up. Um, yeah, even though luckily for us he did. It's just to me, it's a little bit of a, a bit of a naive move for someone who what is coming into his third year. Uh, you would expect probably not to to necessarily have that. Yeah, so I think pretty soon after that, it might have been the same drive even that the Broncos took the lead, and you're thinking, here we go. Oh, I am. Um, but pretty soon, I, I've. I've tried, I may have got the timing slightly wrong, um, but a massive turnover in the second quarter um, gives us a, 
a really short field where we then we then scored with um with the Pruitt touchdown, uh, which shifted the momentum. I thought I thought from that point onwards we were kind of largely controlling the game, other than the other than the kicking nonsense. The, um, yeah, sorry. The one the one thing uh, it was every drive seemed to be different, both offensively and defensively. I thought we we had one drive where we just we looked sluggish. We didn't really look at it. Um, yeah, we we defensively in particular they were moving the ball with ease. Um, and then we had other, other other drives where we were just just stuffing them. I actually, thought we defended the run in the first part of the game really well. I think Melbourne Gordon started coming into it a bit later on. Um, whereas Drew Locke had a lot of joy in the early part of the game. Um, thought the secondary did really struggle to start with. To be honest, I thought players like uh, Jackson, the new uh, the new corner, who looked a little bit out of his depth, appreciates his first game, but he looked, didn't look anywhere near ready. Uh, Hooker as well, on a few occasions, looked a little bit wanting. Um, but it was it was just it was just ugly. The game for us there was there was there was no real rhythm. I agree. I don't think it, have... that's forgivable, though. Surely, week week yeah. one, COVID, no preseason. There, there's going to be a yeah. lot of rustiness. Dem- Denver as well. Denver are fairly well fancied, or were. They're not a bad side. Uh, I, I don't think I, I don't think they were great last night. Um, I think you'll see a lot better of them this year. But you'll see a lot better of us, us as well. It was it was just one of those ugly games that, that I don't think anyone really came out of with anything other than luckily for us we got the win. But other than that, you kind of there's a lot more to to work on. There were, I think, positives wise. Um, we've got to mention Corey Davis. I think. He, uh, he, yeah, he we just, yeah we do. We that really absolute do. standout performance from him, and and that's what we've been missing for four years now, or if not more, however long it's been. Um, that was that was a performance you want to see, and you can just see also him having opportunities, and uh, you know AJ Brown getting a little bit more double coverage as as you expect, I guess him getting a little bit more joy and, and, and really taking it and, and just looks like a different animal. We talked about this, this in the off-season, didn't we? But um, obviously his, his contract's going to be up, Neil. Um, yeah. <clears throat> what, think, what, uh, how is this going to go? I think it's like, if he keeps, obviously if he keeps playing as he is and there's such a, uh, what's the word, like a tantalising talent for uh, somebody <laughs> who, who would be looking. Yeah. Because obviously size, speed, and if he adds aggression as well, it it could be a, a real a real asset. But I think we've got to the stage where if he does have a, an all pro or pro ball type of season, how do we fit him under the cap? Which I mean, I don't think I think we did the right thing not to ex- exercise a fifth year. But I just think it's going to be one of those where he sort of plays brilliantly in a contract year, and then we never see him again. Yeah, well, maybe. I don't know. He apparently wasn't 100% fit going into the game. He was listed as questionable. Um, was always, I think, always going to play, but with you know, nursing. I don't, I'm not even sure what injury it is. It but he, been, he, he looked like a man possessed. Like very, very early in the game, just getting involved. He was that play action crossing route that he was running that worked sort of two or three times early, got whatever rhythm we had. Um, but there were there were two receptions that I've never seen him make any well make any catches like them um, in in the game. One was towards the end of the first half in the sort of two minute drill, and the the review the booth review for the sort of drag foot on the sideline. Incredible catch. He's he's not making that catch in 2018. Um, 
and there was another one where he was he got thrown to later on in double or triple coverage and Tannehill just kind of it was a great throw actually he threw it where only Davis could get it but Davis had a lot to do to bring that in and you just look at that this is this is stuff that an elite wide receiver does and it's not stuff that we've particularly seen from him um maybe maybe you're right Neil maybe this is him trying to get a big big contract somewhere and that gets gets whatever juice is flowing but it shows that he can do it I think we've seen this situation so many times before where um, sort of a a highly drafted receiver or a running back has sort of meandered for a couple of years and then when it really matters, turned it on and ended up sort of getting a big contract for a team that that didn't put the faith in him initially. It's hard to work out, like sort of, obviously he's, it's, it's not a case that we look at him. We're not saying he hasn't been trying for three years. But some, there's something probably subconscious that, yeah, maybe more conscious when it, it comes down to money. I don't know, but some, there's something that's fired up inside him since last year. Um, he's, had, he's had a few injury problems, and I think I think for the early early part of his his Titans career, I think he was getting a lot more double coverage, so he wasn't yeah you know, he wasn't getting the opportunities or the targets that maybe you would expect from a fifth fifth overall pick, but. Yeah, I mean, I think the the combination between him and AJ Brown. I mean, Brown has, I think, definitely got a few receptions at least last night. So it wasn't like he was he was left out in the cold. Um, but I think I think that will open up the door for for Davis to get some more joy, which is which is hopefully what what he needs. And yeah, if he can stay healthy and doesn't go down, um, I'm fully expecting a, a big year from him because I think he's got he's got. The ability, um, it's just whether he can, you know, he can turn it on like a fifth overall pick really should be. Yeah, well, well, we'll find out, obviously, if this, if these performances continue. I think the Broncos set out to, well, firstly, stop Derek Henry, which they, they kind of did, mostly. I don't, yeah. I mean, he did, Derek didn't really go off for any massive, massive chunks. Um, and they... Yeah, just stopped AJ Brown as well. That seemed to be their the two focal points. So, yeah, Corey Davis got open a bit, particularly on play action. Um, Jonu Smith, he yeah, we'll we'll mention him. Obviously, scorer of the the second touchdown, wide wide open as it turned out. Um, fourth and well, I, t- I suppose two fourth down and and goals to talk about in the game. One for Denver earlier um, with a phenomenal goal goal line stand, and then. The one for the Titans to take take the lead was it take the lead in the fourth quarter? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Fourth and fourth and one on the on the fourth and goal on the one. Um, you're kind of thinking Derek Henry, but a well executed play. The Broncos didn't see it coming. Yeah, no one, no one covering covering Jonu in the end zone. Yeah, Johnny's going to break out this year. I think he, he, he kind of broke out a little bit last year, but I think he's he's having to now step into that number one tight end position with Delaney going, and um, and he is really stepping up into it. And it's great to see Pruitt as well, who um, I think caught a touchdown in the last game of the regular season and the first of this. So I think it'd be great to see him getting involved a little bit more. But 
yeah, I think the tight end position we're, we're pretty well covered for at the moment. I think we've got some some pretty good players in there, and everyone knows how much I love Anthony Ferkser. So and he, he had was, a couple was, of receptions as well, didn't he? Yeah, he was, and but he was relatively quiet in 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 hindsight when you compare him to, to Johnny. I mean, I mean also Johnny gives us that um, that kind of threat as a you know as potential you know backup running back. I think there's a one one play last night I remember where um, where he kind of went into that formation and uh, you know we all know the rush against Houston last year so I think there's there's opportunities there to to frame around a little bit and put him in a, a few different positions not just relying on him as a tight end but yeah a great catch great touchdown I think um, it was it was an, a nicely designed designed play I mean they were 100% expecting Henry and why wouldn't they one yard out on fourth down so yeah I think it was uh, yeah it was great great to see it kind of it could have gone a bit wrong in the fourth quarter, couldn't it? And it, I think we thought it was going wrong um, when when Denver went back down and put their put their own points on the board. And yeah, the the missed extra point could have cost us, obviously. Um, as 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 it turned out, then we had that weird mess. I think the following drive after Denver scored, um, Tannehill with the the QB sneak on third and one. And then this dithering of what, whether to go for it, whether not to go for it. Do we take a timeout? Oh no, delay of game. Delay of game. <laughs> take the decision out of our out of our hands. And it was perhaps it was for the best. Um, but it, there was a it was a horrible shambolic moment. But there, we there was a couple. It. There was a couple of those moments in the game, and I think obviously it's early, like first game of the season. You're gonna gonna have this from time to time, I guess. But even the last drive, I think um, it was managed relatively well. But there was a couple of moments, I think. They also, I don't think they obviously they didn't want to go for the field goal. I think they they were quite quite keen where possible to to try and get the touchdown and seal it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And they took the timeout with like 17 seconds left. Um. Now I think they they run one more play and, and got probably another four or five yards. So obviously it helped Koskowski out another four or five yards, I guess. But it, it put it put them in a position where they left time on the clock for Drew for Drew Lock. Now granted, it came to nothing, and the chances of him going right down the other end of the field in, I think it was probably six or seven seconds left or whatever it was, is slim. But that is something that you don't really want to give them the opportunity. You kind of want to, you kind of want to just have a sealed and knock that through. And normally, I guess when, when you have a kicker that hasn't missed for free uh, field goals, you're probably in a position where you probably have the confidence to do that. But to leave any time left on that clock just to give even just a shot of a Hail Mary or whatever it may be was was a bit of an odd decision for me. Um, but it all worked out in the end, so I'm not going to be complaining overall. But it just it just did kind of sh- no preseason games having a you know a limited off season. I think has uh, it's taken its toll a little bit on uh, some of the play calling and decisions that were made on the sideline too. For for what it's worth, I didn't think it was other than the the QB sneak and that that whole saga. I didn't think Brable got a lot wrong. Um, but I'm, I'm going to ask a question, um, Neil, as well. Um, yes, it's very easy to say this, having seen Goskowski make that field goal. But was it the right call? Um, well, I suppose, obviously, in any, any fourth and one situation against anybody, against Jesus, you'd have Derek Henry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, I think it, it, looking at Vrabel's body language just before he made the call to go for three, he was very, uh, there were a lot of conviction there. Um, straight away, we're waving players off and, and putting three fingers up in the air. And I think 
he was trying to. I think Vrabel were trying to convey to Goskowski that he still believed in him. Yeah, 100%. I don't know if you if you if you, if you agree, but um, I thought it was very. There were a lot of conviction in that call. I don't think he ever fought for one minute to try on on fourth and one and and sort of risk losing the game. Um, Greg, right call. I think we've. I think you've probably said it, but. Yeah, I mean, it was the right call. I think there was a, a couple of moments in that last drive that you know you could tell they wanted to get the touchdown. But yeah, I mean, look, twenty was it twenty five yards? I mean, even if you have missed three, uh, when you're uh, you know, a kicker like Goskowski, I think if you, if it's a rookie who's missed three on his debut, then maybe uh, that might have been a different decision. But he had to give him, you had to give him the opportunity and, and one last chance, um, and. It was it was only twenty five yards at the end of the day. You should it's regulation within. Well, I mean it's regulation yeah. a lot a lot further than that in all honesty. But yeah, you had to, you had to put that faith in him. Uh, otherwise, you might as well have just sent him down into the locker room as soon as he missed that that third one. To be honest, so yeah, it's well, right. I mean, he'd taken his shoe off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I um I hundred percent agree. It, it's rationalising it. It's the best chance of winning the game at any moment. So. You've got to look at that. Yes, it's fourth and only one, but what's the alternative is to get a touchdown at that point with 20-odd seconds left. Um, you've got to get that first down for starters, and then you've got to put the ball in the end zone afterwards with not many seconds left on the clock. Um, even if you think Goskowski's got a 50% chance of missing that kick, it's probably still the best option because there's so, there's so many variables still there with the alternative on fourth down. Um, yeah, 100%. The way to go, and you know, it was a, if that was a forty, if it was forty yards out, totally different answer there. Um, but in in that situation, the the right call, and it's it's easy to say all this when you've you've just won the game. And uh, seventeen seconds. Obviously, I never relax as a Titans fan. None of us do, but I didn't feel that Drew Locke had a seventeen. Uh, no. Yeah, okay, they only needed a field goal to win, but. Yeah, I don't. I didn't think he really had it in him. No, no, I, I agree. I, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure Rabel and everyone else probably agrees with that as well. But you just don't want to give them an opportunity. Like you don't want to give them. You want to. You want to drive that down right to the end and and leave them with zeros through through the post and it's all done. And they could have done that. Taking the timeout with 17 seconds left was a. Uh, a bit, you know, interesting call. Um, but it was, you know, at the end of the day, it was a, a call that worked out okay in the end. They had to go for the field goal. They had, if they'd gone for that fourth and one, I think they, you know, we, we'd all be sitting there, with, sitting behind our our sofas, wondering what the hell was going to happen. And I was I was doing that with the field goal, let alone uh, <laughs> let alone with going for it. But yeah, I think it, it was a right call. It was that um, it wasn't a pretty game overall. It wasn't wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but. You know, this was a team last year that we went and got shut out against, um, and and uh, actually think this year they're they're probably slightly better. I know they didn't have Von Miller and a couple of others. I know Sutton was out as well, but the all in all, he got hurt during the game as well, didn't he? Yeah, Which... they had a few they had a few injuries, but I mean, look, we had some players out as well. You know, we missed with Jackson at, at cornerback. I think was there there was a miss there. We had some, you know, Fulton and Jackson playing playing their first games away to Denver. Um, yeah, that's not that's no mean feat, and to come away with a win, albeit a, a narrow and relatively ugly one, yeah, we'll, we'll take that and we'll move on to Jacksonville. Oh, absolutely. Just another thing on on that final sequence. I think as much as uh, we we probably shouldn't have left them time on the clock, Vic Fangio's clock management were awful. 
Really <laughs> poor. It's before that, especially, yeah. Yeah, if, if, if that would have been our coach, I would have been pulling what, well, I ain't going here, but probably pulling my beard out. Uh, <laughs> it was just, it was just uh, baffling that it, it, it were trying to preserve those timeouts for what? Um, I think there were a good chance that we were going to put points on the board at some point, and it could have possibly saved 45, 50 seconds if it have uh, been a bit smarter, but when, obviously is a defensive-minded coach as well, so... When they had the ball before that, though, I thought it was odd. They were throwing the ball when we were struggling to stop yeah. Melvin Gordon. I found that, yeah. that, that very yeah. strange. And he, even on the 17 seconds, second drive that Denver had with the three plays or so, um, it, yeah, they were, weren't really... Like, he didn't... Locke didn't even throw the ball deep, which you kind of expect to see to a certain extent because that's what the defence gives you. And the final play of the game, he threw it away. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, criminal. Imagine our reaction if a, a Titans quarterback had done that. Yeah, criminal. Yeah. yeah, absolutely criminal. I think, uh, look, uh, going back to, to Henry, I mean, I, I was actually sitting there last night um, at times thinking he's, 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 he's not getting any gaps. The O-line's not creating anything for him. They're defending him really, really well, but he's still, still got over 100 yards in the game. Um, yeah, it wasn't quite at the impact that he was showing in, in, you know, in those playoff games at the end of last year, but, you know, Considering how well they defend against him, for them, for him, granted, with a lot more carries than probably would get in a, in a, in a regular game, still getting over 100 yards, it's no mean feat. Um, yeah, especially when you look at uh, Saquon Barkley last night with I think 0.4 yards per carry. Um, yeah, Henry certainly was doing a hell of a lot more than that. And by the way, Dion Lewis did have more yards per carry. Than <laughs> I think uh, I think we're in a, we're in a good position when other teams think that it's successful just to limit Henry to 100 yards. I think that's good for us. I think yeah, that, that, uh, that's, that, that's a bad game for Derek Henry. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And in fairness, so and in fairness it, it kind of was. Like, uh, no one came out of that game thinking, oh, look at Derek Henry, stud again. Like, it was actually, it was a bad game for him. And yet he still rushed for over 100 yards. So, yeah, I, um, he, I think he, uh, no complaints there. He rushed for a sort of decent game for an average RB in the NFL is probably what he did. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Didn't really get didn't really get noticed. Um, before we well, we'll look ahead to to week two. Um, a couple of bits of well, I don't I don't think there's probably much to say about either of them. Just a couple of bits of news. Adoree Jackson is on IR with that injury, uh, which was I think reported before the start of the game. Um, it doesn't really mean as much with the COVID rules, so he can come back after three weeks. Um, yeah, it, I just, think it, it just, just helps roster spots. Yeah, misses the next two, I think, and he can come back. So hopefully he will. Um, and the other thing, Kevin Byard's contract has been rejigged a little bit, um, just a a cap room thing. So he was he was obviously willing to willing to do that, which is great. Um, yeah, we're going to have some. Well, this isn't for to for to resolve tonight. We did mention Corey Davis, but there are going to be some other other contracts up at the the end of the year. Jayon Brown is a significant one. Um, but yeah, one or two others. It's it. It's it. It's every year, obviously. Um, but it's just sort of how many, how many key names. And so, yeah, to keep. I'm sure I have faith in John Robinson to keep this this team going um, and keep it moving forward. All right, Jacksonville week two, which you know after Denver away week one, the Jags at home in week two should be should be the nice nice little cushy. Yeah, they. What, what happened in Jacksonville? 
They're tanking, <laughs> aren't they? Are they, are they? are they still tanking? I'm not really sure what's going on. Well, that Lynch would, or, uh, Lynch would uh, look spicy. For uh, <laughs> want of a better term, I thought it looked quite good. <laughs> well, we'll we'll hear from we'll hear from Patrick shortly. Um, I mean, are we any doubt that any doubt about us going two and zero this week from our side? And we match up well. At, we we do well at home against them every year. It feels like. I don't think it's going to be. I don't. I don't think it's going to be the blowout. Sorry, mate. I don't think it's going to be the blowout that that I think we all probably expect. But I think they are. I'm not saying they're a better team, but I think they showed a lot of a lot more than I ever thought they would this year. Put it that way against the Colts, and I think the Colts are um, are the team that everyone seems to think are our biggest competitors this year, and. And and they 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 really did at times play them off the park and um, but look I mean there's actually no doubt we should be two and zero at the end of this game um, no one no one can honestly sit there and say uh, anything anything different to that Jags are uh, you know they surprised me this weekend I don't think they'll be surprising me this coming weekend I think if Derek Henry can get rolling again um, yeah they're, they're terrified by by us in general but by him in particular uh, <laughs> and I. Yeah, I, I think if we if we go away at home and lose that game, I think in Jacksonville it's a different story. We don't have the greatest record there. We like to lose games on Thursday night usually. Um, we don't but, have one this year against oh, them. I know. It's, I know. it's Indy, the, the Thursday game. I know it's mad, but the yeah, I think we should we should be coming away with with the win in this game. Uh, there's there's absolutely no doubt about it. Um, and, and I think once once they go one and one, they'll start thinking about. Trevor Lawrence again and, and probably start to tank because they're the Jags and they are a car crash. So, <laughs> so I, should take I, pack I, I, I really don't I really don't know how to approach being good because <laughs> like like say the last time we had a really good team, um the thirteen and three season and it were this were kind of a, a niche hobby in this country. So there weren't the all the interaction that there is on a day to day basis, social media, etc. and like we've even got a 24-hour NFL channel now on Sky, which that is a totally different ball game to the last time we had a good team. And I really don't know how to approach us being a good team, and I, I can't wait any confidence that yeah, we'll definitely win this game on Sunday. It just don't feel Titans. Uh, <laughs> but having said that, we should win, really. <laughs> having said that at home. Um, Against, I think, a, a, a better offence than people are giving them credit for, but we should give their defence nightmares, really. We should, right. Well, joining us now, welcome to the, the Transatlantic Titans podcast, uh, Patrick Jackson. Glad to have you on. Thank you. Um, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, quite rudely, we've been talking about your team um, without you being able to hear us. So I think you can you can probably guess the gist of, of most of that. Um, how? Well, let's, let's start. Um, who saw who saw the Jags being one and oh? I certainly didn't. I had us predicted to lose and the Colts to score double the points we scored. So that was my level of optimism <laughs> going into uh, Sunday night. Well, well, what what on earth happened? I mean, I don't want to. Well, well, I do. I kind of want to gloat about you know all those stud stud names that the Jags have let go, you know, traded away for nothing, etc. But maybe maybe they've got some bad eggs out of the building and. Yeah, no, no one's told Gardner Minshew about the the T word. Yeah, and that 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 was never the concern. I think I I didn't trust 
the front office. I didn't trust the messages coming around. You know, we've got a bunch of young, hungry rookies. We really think we can do big things with them. I thought, yeah, you're setting Gardner up to fail because you want to get a shiny new fancy quarterback in the 2021 draft. I, I figured that's what they were doing. And the performance belies that. The offensive line was better than expected. The defense was okay. Started slowly and got better, I think, throughout the game. Um, no worse than we expected, considering the um, youth of the cornerbacks and all that sort of situation. Um, and yeah, the receivers did what we thought they would, performing above and beyond um, what we expected, I think. You've got you've this is this is a your defense against Philip Rivers. I mean, this the guy who is basically trying to go for Jameis Winston's interception record, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. I mean, I I expected better from Rivers because I thought you know he's gone into a situation at the Colts where they'll protect him better. He seems to have a decent receiving core and a decent running core, so he'll he's got a good supporting cast there. And what it proved is the issues at the Chargers weren't the supporting cast. It was the uh, lead, lead actor. Absolutely. Has, has it changed your... Well, it must have done. You'd be mad if it, if it didn't. Has it, it changed your expectations for the season for the Jags? Yeah, I've gone to feeling like it's going to be a 2-14 uh, season to maybe a 6-10. and 10. We're, uh, <laughs> we, we look like a competent football team, albeit one with a wafer-thin squad that's relying on some key, very young pieces performing at a high level every week. You know, you're not going to get that consistently necessarily from someone like James Robinson, um, really young running back. And his support was Chris Thompson, who did virtually nothing. And um, Ogun Bowale, who I'm not sure touched the ball and had been signed like 10 minutes before. So, you know, we, we have... That's because nobody had learned how to pronounce his name in that. Yeah, time, right. <laughs> it's difficult even to read off the second one. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's, there's concerns around how thin we are in basically everywhere. Um, but, you know, take the rough with the smooth and enjoy the good times, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Are, are your good times going to continue into week two? That's, uh... I, I don't expect us to beat you in week two, but... Everything I saw last weekend has made me more confident that we'll run you close. Um, the the game on Sunday was obviously much better than I expected. And then you didn't convince me against the Broncos. It was okay. And I guess it's it's hard to work out where people are relative to one another until more teams have played more teams, you know. So I don't know whether yeah, sure, yeah. the Broncos have a really good defense that shut down your offense mostly. And vice versa. I don't know whether you controlled a really good offense or whether you controlled quite a weak offense and that gives us more of a chance. So we'll see. But Denver, no, I... Denver, Denver have got players who aren't, who aren't scared to tackle Derrick Henry, whereas the Jags have got defenders who just can't get close to him. It's no comparison. Well, some of those have left. Yeah, it depends <laughs> whether they're still in the building. <laughs> the, um, the touchdown for the Cowboys where Ramsey just stood in the end zone and let Zeke run in past like four defenders. It's like, come out and meet him, mate. He's going to score. Oh, he scored. Ah, uh, yeah. You're earning that, your 21 million. That must have really hurt to watch that. I mean, I'm sure. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you go, you're going to run as close. Do you feel that? Well, I, I suppose defensively would be 
must be your concern yeah. given how recent games have gone. Um, is is there, you know, despite some personnel changes, I don't want to say improvement, but uh, cause reason for optimism. Who who should we be watching out for? I think we're stronger at linebacker than we were, which bodes well against the run. And you know, I thought. Henry had a fairly quiet game against the Broncos, and he, yeah, he very quietly ran 116 yards off like 30 odd carries. It was impressive, <laughs> but because it's him, people didn't really pick up on it. It's just standard fare, right? Didn't make many highlight plays, but don't need to if you're doing that much production. So we need to control that, and I think we're better set to than we were in previous seasons. Um, CJ Henderson played really well at corner. Whether you can do that consistently as a rookie corner in your first season is another question, but he certainly showed out more than, say, Ramsey showed out in the first half of his first season, which is a good sign. Um, that was a great pick, I thought, by the way. Yes. The the change of direction as the ball was released was what, what really made it, and it was a kind I of I meant game. the draft pick, but yeah, well, oh. okay, that, that <laughs> <Yeah>. too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, both. Both. I was I was rooting for offensive tackle at the time because I thought our O line was the weakest point, so I was on the worst Wills Becton sort of bandwagon for that pick. But you know, we we got who we got, and the O line was one of the most pleasant surprises from week one. So maybe they're better place to judge than a random guy six thousand miles away. Who'd have thought? <laughs> and what what about offensively? Um, there's a few names that I mean, you've you've mentioned the second string running backs if I can call them that that have have, have come in um yeah there's, there's a few names that we're not necessarily familiar with um at receiver as well probably um who are who are we likely to see in in Nashville and um, putting the numbers up um so we had uh LaVisca Chenault was the only rookie ride receiver to get a touchdown in week one which is nice um he's, he's on a few waiver wires he'll be picked up I should think He's got a, rec- a history of injuries, but he was very solid, bouncing defenders off him. He's a strong runner, good at breaking tackles, so that's it's really nice to see. Safe pair of hands. Keelan Cole is not generally a safe pair of hands, but he hauled in five catches, including <laughs> a nice touchdown. Um, what impressed me the most, I think, was under Gruden, we saw some really clever passing touchdowns created just from the combination of the routes for the wide receivers running so that's something I'm not used to and you know it's really nice to see people getting wide open then you look back at the replay and you're like oh oh I can see yeah that's 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 inventive we're not used to inventiveness we used to Fournette running three yards and getting tackled <laughs> um so you think the Jags will run as close and um, how how close if you were going to Give us a score prediction. I think we'll be three points behind with a few minutes left driving to take the lead. Um, lose it to a turnover and lose by 10 as you go down the other end and score. So Gardner's going to almost get it done, but not not when it really counts is his bottle's going to go. I, I doubt it will be down to him. But, you know, you can see a a, you know, a fumble from a from a running back or something, you know. I like I like the detail of this. Um, just, <laughs> yeah. it makes me, uh, <laughs> I'm just picturing Jags turnovers in my head right now. That's what Jags fans are like. We stay up late at night thinking about how we're going to lose the next weekend. 
I agree. Uh, I agree. It'll be close because, well, we usually save as blowouts for elite teams. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, just to, to touch on Chenault, uh, I only saw his touchdown on red zone. And it kind of struck me as like, um, when you see a player from afar and you think, yeah, he's going to be good. He had like a swagger and a size and a strength and a, a running ability that he just leaped off the page when he scored that touchdown. Uh, yeah, I think there's, nice. there's some, something to be excited about with him there. A bit, uh, kind of like AJ Brown last year, when he, early days in season, he weren't as much involved. But when he did get the ball, you could tell he were explosive. I thought I got that vibe from Chenault. Yeah, and it was interesting to see against Denver that he picked up a lot more um, attention from their secondary, but that just opened up the rest of your receiving core. And Corey Davis, Adam Humphreys stepped up, picked up the slack you needed them to. That's yeah. the most worrying thing, apart from you know Derek Henry stiff arming in fifteen people and running ninety nine yards for a touchdown, <laughs> which I still have nightmares about. The I was going to say he won't do that again, but then last year he did do that again, pretty much. And <laughs> it wasn't far off, was it? It was uh, a few yards uh, less, but. Yeah, I think, um, I must admit, I, I do like one thing from yesterday and, and last night was, was by no means a, a great performance. So all in all, I think it was a bit ugly in, in, in pieces. But uh, Patty picked up a, a good point around Humphreys. We, we haven't actually mentioned Humphreys, I don't think, at all in, in the whole of the half an hour we were talking about the game, which, granted, was about 28 minutes of Stephen Goskowski. Um, <laughs> and, but it's, it is a good point, and that's something that... Um, it does feel like we've got those weapons that now more than probably in previous years, not necessarily last year, but in previous years before that, we, you know, we've seen to have those steady receivers now that, you know, if, if AJ's not open, you know, Corey Davis is, is, is going to get you know, not as much attention, therefore should have a little bit more joy. But then even if they, they both can't get open, you've got players like Khalif Raymond as a deep threat. We didn't see any of that last night, but, you know, we know what he can do. You saw in Baltimore what he can do. Um, and then you've got the likes of Humphrey. I mean, we're missing Tajay Sharp, but you know, didn't really miss him too much last night in the end. So it'd be really interesting. Look, you you know you know me, and I'm never going to sit here and say it's anything other than 69 nil to the Titans. But um, but yeah, at the same time, uh, it will be it will be an interesting matchup because uh, look, you guys will have been a bit of a laughing stock this off season, losing the players you've lost. Yeah. I mean, it's out... been a weeping stock in this house, but I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> but you, yeah, you've 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 got yourself into a position that you you know you won a game that no one expected you to win. I know Marlon Mack went down; and they had a rookie running back who you know did okay, but nothing kind of special. You'll see a lot more of the Colts late this year, I'm sure. But who knows? But you know, I I hope not. I mean, I I hope all three of the our divisional <laughs> rivals lose every game possible. But uh, but yeah, I think. It's gonna it's gonna be an interesting matchup on Sunday because it's uh it's not Thursday night for stars, which is great. It's apart from anything else, it's opened my eyes to the fact that even if the front office want the Jags to tank and have that first pick in twenty twenty one, it's very clear now that the players don't and you know, maybe Doug Marone doesn't. And so so that was that was always a question mark. So what it's, you've, yeah, I'm sure you're encouraged by that. Um, there might be a dearth of talent at the moment for obvious reasons, but a dearth of talent that doesn't care is you know, a tiny fraction of a dearth of talent that really wants to win and, and play for their team. And that's, that's obviously what they did. So the, yeah, the Jags will be 
will be dangerous. Um, yeah. Not just not just for us, but I'm guessing for all the opponents coming up. It feels like we've lost a lot of ego and gained a lot of effort, and that can only be a good thing. And oh, I think absolutely. Looking at the way the roster's structured, we're going to be in a lot of shootouts this year, and that's a lot more exciting than watching us lose ten six on a Sunday night. So, you know. <laughs> similar to uh, similar to Miami last year, where everybody they had like a horror start, and everybody was saying, "Oh, this tank for tour and blah 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 blah," but the players weren't having it. Um, and, and yet they geniusly of, got to her anyway. Yeah, so that was of, impressive. A lot of effort and endeavor went into their season, and I think uh, Jacksonville are probably got a stronger roster than Miami had last year, and the same kind of uh, determination as well. Let's hope so. Yeah, no, no player is going to want to going to want to tank, are they? I mean, it does nothing for them in their in their in their careers. So, yeah, I'm sure whatever those those players want to do, and it's just whether you've got whether you've got the tools in your arsenal to be able to stop what's going to be coming at you. And uh, look, you, the running backs you were facing on, on Sunday are, you know, I mean, Hines got quite a bit of joy. And let's face it, he's no Derek Henry. Um, so we were be... destroyed by screen passes. And, yeah. And, you know, that is, that's, that's a weapon that if you get that going with a bigger, better running back, we could be in for a very painful evening, but we'll see. We we all know that we we do love a screen, uh, so it'll be it'll be a very interesting matchup. I, I, yeah, I can't help but but be the uh, Titans fan that says it's going to be comfortable, but I, I'm never comfortable in any game that we go into, whether we're massive favourites or massive underdogs. I'm still sitting there twitching for three and a half hours. So yeah, look look forward to it. Absolutely, um, we're going to end this podcast in the the usual fashion. Um, for any new listeners. We'll talk about the Titans up to a point, um, but we're going to end the podcast by getting whatever is on our chests, off our chests. Um, in my case, that's a bit of a cold, um, but we'll, co- we'll come to that. Um, Pat, as, as your first appearance as, as our guest, um, anything you want to uh, get off your chest? I was Non-Titans related, we call this, but you know, non-Jags related, um, anything. I've got non-NFL related, but still sport related. And Greg's sitting in a very topical top. So, um, Stephen has played that, that Barrow. Was just, that was just for you, by the way. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> I, I remember the game where someone, what, our opponents wore that kit because their kit clashed with ours and we wore the home kit version. It was very confusing. I remember it well. I remember that well. <laughs> um, Ch- Chelsea did that at Coventry once. It's like a really famous, this is this is quite, quite geeky even for me. Um, but... Chelsea turned up and Coventry had changed their kit from that year. They weren't wearing sky blue. They were wearing like dark blue stripes and it clashed and they had to wear the Coventry away kit, which they did with their own shorts and socks. There were, you know, on a few geeky Twitter feeds, you can find pictures of that. I'm sorry. I've uh, digressed and interrupted. Probably probably a Frank Sinclair own goal, like every game he played. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So Stephen has played Barrow behind closed doors, as all our fixtures are. In the background of the shots from that, you can see um, Furnace playing on the next door pitch, and they had fans there, and it just puts into perspective the mockery that is the current like COVID planning and social distancing rules. They're all they're a farce, and it makes no sense to have football allowed as spectators on a pitch, and the pitch next door football not allowed as spectators. It's it's baffling what's going on right now. Yeah, Stevenage Grouse Shooting Club. Um, can have as many people as they like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Quite. I, it, I'm guessing 
like lower the grassroots football they've got. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. There's there's so much that's a, a complete nonsense at the moment. Um, but a one-all yeah, draw yeah. up in in Cumbria, not nothing too shabby. Is ma- nothing is making me drive all the way out to Barrow uh, on a on a Saturday afternoon in in September <laughs> to go and watch Stevenage after the season I saw last year. And a probably six and a half hour drive. I mean, oh, that's fair. It's not like it stopped me going. It's more about the yeah, lack of logic behind all the rulemaking right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Neil, and on Titans related. So yeah, it kind of uh, stepped on my toes with the crowd thing because uh, I, I was going to mention how come Chelsea and Brighton had a crowd for a meaningless friendly, and then they played in the Premier League last night in the library. <laughs> I, I just I can't. Uh, why would they not do the pilot game? Monday night football, Premier League, TV coverage, all Chelsea's new signings on show. Why not have the 3,000 crowd in there? Why Why did it have to come in a friendly, like two or three yeah. weeks ago? I said which this is, last night. Which is, which is crazy. It's absolutely mad. It's, yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, whether it's a case of, I don't know, they think it's higher risk when it's, a, it's an actual game, I don't know. But yeah, that, that baffled me last night. So, so, I suppose, then. I don't want to, we're going to harp on about football, so soccer or whatever these guys uh, <laughs> want us to call it but uh, I'm going back my, mine on Titans is it relates to my team Leeds um, I think we've had a lot of good press over the last few days because we gave Liverpool a game um, Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher and pretty much every talking head's been fawning over Leeds and Bielsa and I'm sat here thinking I'll just snatch your hand off now for 17th survival <laughs> and you can guarantee the first time we lose a game, like we play Fulham Saturday, which I think is an harder game than people think, I'll be getting the old, uh, I thought you were going to win league, or I thought you were going to qualify for Europe. No, you've been listening to them guys on TV. I've been saying from the minute we got promoted, I'll take 17th, I'll take 17th, I'll take 17th. And I just think the way media hypes things up and the way people have talked about us in the last few weeks have sort of ingrained it into people's heads that Leeds fans think we're going to come back and storm Premier League and all of a sudden win both domestic cups and qualify for Champions League and it's just not the case at all I think it, it, it goes back to a, a fan mentality thing which social media don't help either Neil, I'm, I'm a Stevenish fan and I'd take anything more than three wins so I'm, yeah, I'm... yeah, yeah I realise uh, first world problems and all that but <laughs> But, but you uh, could still finish bottom of the league and stay up. So there's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we we don't care. We just do things our own way. Just finish bottom, win three games in thirty six, and still stay up. It's absolutely fine. Uh, I hope I we don't suppose... have any Macclesfield fan listeners. I don't think we will. But <laughs> I suppose my point is there's shot. been there's been no hyping up of leads from the fan base. It, it's it's come from the media, but the fan base will get the brunt if we uh, fail to live up to their expectations. Yeah, it's a a no win situation, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, hopefully not. Hopefully you'll get a couple, enough to get 17th anyway. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take that now. I will take that now. <laughs> it's it's actually just as for everything, for Leeds' history, their reputation, everything like that, they're, they're doing things in a completely different way. And it won't, but it won't stop people from saying, coming up with all those cliches, well, f- forever. I suppose yeah. it's yeah, whatever team you are in whatever sport, if you've, you can't you can't shake a shake a reputation regardless of whether it's deserved. Um, Greg, so mine mine isn't sport related. It's actually um, yeah, a work slash professional related thing. Um, 
not everyone's on it, but there's obviously the kind of social network LinkedIn, which I'm sure some people will be on. Um, I literally have just, just growing tired of LinkedIn and the amount of messages I get sent from usually some really random sounding foreign name uh, where the first name's Basil, but the second name you can't pronounce, trying to sell something or other that's completely unrelated to what my actual job is or the business I work for. Um, and it literally is pretty much, I get about 15, 15, 20 of them a week of just people trying to sell me something, whether it's link building for SEO purposes, which is really boring and something I don't even do, uh, or whether it's something completely unrelated, as I say, to what I do for a living. Um, but it really, really winds me up. And I don't know if it's only me who seems to get this um, or whether it's something that anyone else who uses LinkedIn has, but it, it literally winds me up so much. It's definitely not just you. <laughs> I've resisted LinkedIn up till now. And it was... You kept... I reckon until three or four years ago, it was a... Are you on LinkedIn? Are you on LinkedIn? I can't remember the last time I was asked that in the last uh, couple of years. So maybe nah. maybe it's not. It's one of those, it's one of those ones. If you're if you're looking for a job, it's perfect. Anything aside from that, you don't really you don't really care. But it's just yeah. I, I've got I've got the app, so I get notifications, and I've, which I've now actually turned off. So I've been today. been lucky enough to work at the same place for twenty years, so yeah. it's not something that I've ever really needed to do. But I think uh, if 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 push comes to shove, and I had to look for a job, I think it is something that I would try and use. Uh, yeah. But you're not obviously not selling it. <laughs> <laughs> Someone is selling stuff, though. Jesus. And, and if, you want, if you want something that's completely unrelated to what you do for for a living, then yeah, sure, go for it. It is painful, honestly. You should see the messages I get. It's just crazy. It's the uh, the 2020 equivalent of the guy coming into the pub with a bag full of knockoff DVDs. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> just socially distancing, uh, doing it via LinkedIn instead. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely spot on. It's just painful. I just literally cannot stand it. And it's just people I've never ever met. As I say, they're all they're all from God knows where. They just they just yeah they're like rats. All right, I'm uh, yeah I'm going to end. I'm just going to have a kind of touch on what you said, Pat, about weird COVID regulations. It's not even regulations. Um, we we as a family are now isolating because we've had colds and mine's turned into a bit of a cough, which ironically, I don't think I've, I've had to do in this last, last hour, but um, yeah, so we've, we're trying to get tests because we can't send the kids back to school until we have negative tests and we can't get them. You're looking forward to your holiday in Aberdeen then? We can't get them anywhere. Uh, Literally nothing. I read somewhere they've, aren't they backed up for like, Three or four weeks, potentially. Well, that's that doesn't. <laughs> yeah, three or four weeks is longer than you'd have the disease. So that. That's what I mean. I'm, I'm, I swear, I, I might, I might have read it wrong, but I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that uh, I think it was Hancock came out and said that that, that it will be resolved in then hopefully in the next few weeks. And it's Pretty like... Patel said this morning that there's no problem and that there are plenty of tests available. I don't, she's I don't... Uh, she's always the uh, the paragon of virtue. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if anyone has had a test, but it's not pleasant. Yeah, I've had. Uh, I've actually had one. Um, my daughter, uh, she she was on vulnerable list because uh, she she had scarring on her lungs when she was born. She was born on a ventilator, uh, so we had. Uh, she come home from school. We had, we had temp and a cough, and we all had tests and were negative. But 
it's really uncomfortable. I was like sort of yelping as it were touching my tonsils. Um, not great, not great at all. Something to look forward to, Adam. I, yeah. I don't want to. I'd, I'd like to find out. Um, kind of, if you see what I mean. Well, I'd like. I'd like to go out. It's only been a day, <laughs> but well, it's it's. <laughs> It was a family trip. <laughs> when when we had ours done, uh, I think I think we did them on like Friday and like six a.m. Sunday morning. Results come through, and I was really impressed with how quick it were. Uh, but obviously, that's all gone to pot now uh, yeah. for some reason. I but, mean, the whole everything. So many things are being done on the proviso that something else is happening, and those things aren't happening to make yeah. you know. So the logic of what's going on doesn't hold up because they can't test everybody and yeah. that, that's been the message for a while and I get that and I get I get some of the logic in what what they're trying to do but it doesn't it it all falls flat you know, we we're schools are back and businesses are opening up and these things should happen you know the economy yeah. needs to get going um education needs to happen they're all vital but it it all relies on it's, I mean, obviously, it's clearly not a simple thing. Otherwise, it would work. But it relies on things like testing happening. I can't. And I mean, I you've, think... got, you've got NHS staff and teachers who can't work at the moment. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. ludicrous. I think socialising is vital as well. I mean, I, I know obviously it's compromised, but I think from my point of view, obviously, I'm just, I've just stated, I've just said my daughter's vulnerable, so we're having to pick and choose what we do and when we do it. But if anybody wants to kick crack on and go to a pub, I, I have no issue. Or I'm not going to get on my eye horse and say, oh, you're killing your granny, etc., etc. I have no problem with people socialising and mixing. I just think uh, we're kind of in like a one foot in, one foot out. Are we trying to live with the virus or are we trying to eradicate it? We aren't really met in the middle and realise what we're trying to do here. There's no no way this country's going into another lockdown. They can't afford it. So we are basically now just living with it until hopefully at some point or it disappears. I think that's right, and yeah, eventually it will, of course. Um, but yeah, certain things have to have to work um, correctly <laughs> for for these things to function. I can't wait, so I just don't have to listen to fake crowd noise on on games. Yeah. It's, it's even worse when I was watching a little bit of New England versus Miami, and it's just like a constant screeching noise. It's painful. I mean, so I, the, I, the, I, at I, least I, in I'm... Jacksonville and Kansas City, they had some fans in that they used. They use their noise, which was refreshing. That's mostly fans down, down in Jacksonville, I think. But uh, I mean, I'd love to go, I'll, 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 I would, I would love to go to Leeds' first game at Ellen Road on Saturday. But even if I could, I, I, it's just too risky with, with my daughter. So yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to crow about it because yeah, even if course. option were there, I wouldn't be able to go. So it is what it is, really. Yeah, and yeah, fingers crossed it. It's all over sooner rather than later, but it's, it's still going to be a while, isn't it? Um, but we have, yeah, as I said at the start, we have football back. And the NFL, by the way, have done you know, whatever else you say. They've done a great job in actually this stuff to, together. Um, you know, it, may, it may go wrong, who knows, but you know, we had a full slate of games and hopefully we'll, we'll keep having yeah. them. I mean, that's another thing that's on my radar. They, they know everybody in that building or on that field does not have COVID, but yet every coach has got a face mask on. Andy Reid just took it to another level. And I'm sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, is this uh, sort of an alternative to putting the clipboard over the mouth? And they've, they've jumped on an opportunity there. Do you know what I mean? They've, but, been, 
They, he definitely he definitely needs some wipers on those, doesn't he? Yeah, that, that's what he needs next week. Just one. There is like there is as, as, as sure as anybody can be that that bubble in that stadium is COVID free. But yeah, they've still got masks on. There's got to be some something behind it tactically. Yeah, Bruce Arians. There's, there's an element of they want the NFL's. There's so many millions of people are watching it. Subliminally, seeing people yeah, wearing yeah, masks yeah, is a yeah. good message. I think there's a lot of that. There's a lot of people in the US who are refusing to wear them point blank, so I think it probably is that subliminally, like you say, apart from Bruce Arians, who doesn't know how to wear one. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think I, I do. Yeah, I agree. I definitely think it's a, a, a subliminal message to try and get people to wear them because I know probably even more so than over here, a lot of people over there really don't want to feel it's like an injustice if they have to. In evading their civil liberties or whatever Absolutely, nonsense. Yeah. yeah. Right, time to get out of here. Um, if you've got this far, well done. Um, thanks for listening. It was worth it to this time to get to the end um, as we had a reputable guest joining us. So thanks a lot, Pat, for coming on. Pleasure. And um, yeah, we'll, well, we'll, we'll see what happens in week two. And I'd say all the best for the season, but I wouldn't mean it, so I'm not going to. <laughs> um, find, us, find us on Twitter at TransatlanticTN. Also, yeah, drop us a message if you any feedback or if you just fancy coming on and yeah, Adam, could I, chat could I about the times. I, I think uh, as Facebook groups kind of a bit limp at the minute, which I think we're, we're kind of built this community on the, on this Facebook group really. And I think it's kind of, for some reason, it, it doesn't seem to be popping anymore. So if anybody's got any ideas, suggestions, things we could do on there to, to sort of get more traffic on a game day and, and, and spice up those game threads, then it's always welcome. Just Possibly. Possibly. 3.20 a.m. doesn't help with that. So yeah. we'll see, maybe, maybe there'll it's be more. Something I noticed back in the last season as well, with obviously Twitter and, and WhatsApp and whatever, it's kind of kind of gone on the back burner. If that's, that's how it's going to be, that's how it's going to be. But if, if anybody's got any suggestions or, or anything. Um, how, how about bring it back to the original sort of dozen people from five or six years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kick everybody else out. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. See you later then. All the best. <laughs> <laughs> right um i am getting out of here um one minute one minute one hour ten is is more than enough um titans chat for for one week so we'll be back next week um yeah in the meantime tighten up and beat those jags tighten up tighten up